Are you worried about the next big cyber attack? The National Security Agency plays a big role in protecting us from foreign cyber operations, and you can help. If you work in computer science, networking, programming, or electrical engineering, learn more about careers at the National Security Agency today. Visit intelligencecareers.gov slash NSA. That's intelligencecareers.gov slash NSA. Technology, right? <laughs> do we start every show like that? We I do not. Almost, but that's some, like we don't. <laughs> somebody on Twitter recognized, you know, like made a joke about it, and I was like, I guess we have started many shows that way. I guess it's our I default for when right. I don't know what else to say at the beginning of a show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, new Mac Mini. Some new. Some new um, reviews of the Mac Mini and the new MacBook Air. Yeah. Today. Yeah. I saw. Tuesday. Uh, Marco Armut got seeded with a top end Mac Mini. Yeah, that's that sounds I'm not jealous at all. I mean, um, <laughs> you know what I, I am. I, you know what I started thinking about when I watched that and then like was flipping through a couple sites and collected a bunch of reviews, including a bunch of video reviews, is I, I, I would like to be a fly on the wall of the PR meeting where they decide who gets what mm-hmm. models and what configuration because I find it fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do they listen and know the personal preferences? I assume so. Yeah. Oh, they definitely do. And I mean, Marcus. I would a really think good so because otherwise, yeah, right. I mean, uh, you you you'd be asking for trouble if you didn't. Plus, he did a really nice video for the thing. Um, but I didn't. I haven't watched the video yet. But I, read I did the watch review. the video, he, which was glowing. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, review, it sounds like it thing. is beating the iMac Pro that he and I have that configuration, or at least like on single core stuff, it's definitely beating it and multi-core yeah. stuff. It was close for um, building Overcast. I think it was like between 35 seconds for his iMac Pro and 36 for well, the Mac Mini. One of the interesting so, things that I think he mentioned about it too, and several of the other reviews I think alluded to is this is like a contextual reframing of the Mac mini because the fact the Mac mini was first introduced as this, like it's a low cost Mac where you bring your own, all your own accessories. Right. Yeah. And it started at $500. Whereas this starts at 800 for a fine configuration, but like, you know, BTO, you can get it up. It's to like, a solid though. It's yeah. a the $800 one is a solid machine. It's a, it, it, nothing yeah. wrong with it. But as James, you, you priced one out. It was like, what, like three, 4,000 pounds or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's getting up to sort of like iMac Pro levels if you yeah. price it up. So it's not so it's not surprising. It's fascinating it's too because we've talked about this in the past. But like the iMac Pro, the 5K iMac, already a very respectable machine, and now the Mac Mini with a high end configuration that's extremely powerful. Like, what the fuck is that Mac Pro going to look like? Yeah. It, and- <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna look it, like a million dollars is what it's gonna look like because yeah. no one is gonna be able to afford that machine. <laughs> it's gonna be five Mac Minis duct taped together. And <laughs> they seem buy. to stack very nicely uh, based on some of those yeah, pictures. Exactly. I've seen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think the. I, you know, I, I every time I predict that it's going to be ARM based, just because I if I'm right on this, I will look like an absolute uh, prophet. <laughs> but. Uh, I, I don't know what the the, the Mac Pro is going to be, but it's what we can say is it's not going to be cheap. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. And I think we predicted the the high prices on for the Mac Mini like on this very podcast. I, so, I we're very visionary. Let's in that just way. say that we did. Yeah. I'm no, not going to go back and look. Is anybody going to go back and look? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go back. 
but yeah, I've spoken to a ton of people who've said that they think they were thinking like they need to upgrade their iMac and, you know, the iMacs haven't had a refresh yet. So they're looking at the Mac mini, you know, just bring your own uh, 5k screen or whatever. Yeah. Um, the problem is there aren't any good 5K screens, right? Well, okay, yeah. bring your own 4K screen, which is yeah. probably some and, slightly and, better ones. And that is a question. Somebody uh, I saw posted a picture of, I think it's like, you know, whatever little pamphlet or instruction manual essentially comes with the Mac Mini. And they have like, oh, connect to this, dis- you know, your 5K display of yeah. choice or whatever. And it had, you know, a schematic style image of a display that was everyone like... Apple doesn't make any displays that look like this, <laughs> you know, like super yeah. thin bezel type things. And certainly, like, it seems like, is that an area? I mean, they, they kind of backed out of that area before, but I think there have been some hints that they might get back into that market, which seems a little well, wacky, wacky to me, but... I think it would make sense with the the Mac Pro, like, at that time frame. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I I mean, like they seeded the market to like LG and people like that, who then stuffed it up completely. So right, right. Yeah. That 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 LG one that they sort of you know promoted was kind of terrible, right? Like, well, that was the one that had shielding issues. And yeah, things, right. Wasn't it? Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, it seems it seems like they're you know if you're if you're offering high graphics performance and talking about outputting these high things and they they talk this obviously with the um the iPad too right maybe it was the iPad thing that that where that came up but like you know the iPad can now output 4K video or whatever right uh with the USB-C so mm-hmm. again if you're designing all these devices to work with external displays um you should i feel like you would at least want to point them towards like oh like this display this right? one like, mm-hmm. uh even if you don't make it i mean i've got my old uh cinema display still sitting here which has been plugged in for a really long time um but it's a nice piece of hardware and it's like they made nice displays they were always incredibly overpriced but they right. were nice yeah. yeah i mean the the argument you could make the same argument for them getting back into making printers and i don't think they're <laughs> going to do that laser rider seven <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I do want to seize on one thing that you said there a second ago, James, about the um, uh, the betting on the ARM processor thing, because it mm-hmm. jumped out to me in Gruber's review of the MacBook Air was that specifically, yeah. Uh, so the line is he's talking about the A12X and the A12, uh, and he said, "quote There's no reason they won't pay as much or more attention to the Mac's custom silicon when they switch from Intel to their own chip designs." Unquote. So when not if, which is a little, uh, I feel like a very typical little Gruber thing to like drop in his post. I mean, I don't think anybody would bet against that now, but you know, no. that is a I, very, I, that is a very concrete s- statement. I would say 2020 would be my guess. Weird. It's almost as if somebody predicted that recently on another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I, there were rumors about ARM uh, Max going back years. Well, so yeah. I, I talked to Jason Snell a little bit about this on our Six Colors podcast last week, but first of all, I I don't think anyone would bet against the idea that there is already a Mac OS version running on ARM in Cupertino. That seems no, I mean, like a no-brainer. I, I can say for a fact that when I was working at Apple in the sort of late 90s, they had Intel Macs sitting around in offices. Right, so, yeah, right. Yeah, and I mean, they had those running long before, as you say, long before they actually did that publicly, because Apple... You know, I think Apple is in a position with Intel now that feels very much like the position they were in with, you know, Motorola and IBM back in the mid 90s, where it's like you just they, they those companies are simply not moving fast enough 
for what Apple yeah, wants I mean, to be doing. The PowerPC got to a point where, you know, we were unhappy, like we were sort of enviously looking at uh, the alternatives. Right, you couldn't um, get those some of those chips in a, like you were never going to get a G5 in a laptop because the thermal requirements right. and power requirements were insane. Yeah, and and Apple's uh, mobile stuff is just getting faster and faster. And you can imagine that if you stuck an extremely large heatsink on those kind of things, how much faster you could get them. Um, yeah, I think it's... Uh, that that to me seems like it is a it is only a matter of time i agree with you 2020 is a good benchmark at that point you know you've had roughly 10 years of apple putting custom silicon in its in its devices because the first i believe the first iphone running you know the a4 was like apple's first branded chip was 2010 uh, and obviously that didn't come out of nowhere. They had been working on that kind of stuff before, but like 10 years of, you know, designing custom silicon and producing millions upon millions of devices that run on it. It yeah, seems like the other thing is that our, the Mac device, uh, GPUs are also lagging the industry, mm -hmm. uh, terribly. Uh, so if they can get similar improvements on which they seem to be doing, like they were, they were comparing the, the, uh, new ipad pros to xbox ones which you know i haven't seen any xbox one caliber games yeah uh, i don't yet that's no but but yeah i mean i i would like apple to own everything and make it all better um <laughs> well they they ditched their <laughs> gpu provider last year. we're gonna quote you on that i would like <laughs> apple to own everything and make it all better <laughs> well yeah i think that's a general statement i mean yeah, I'm, right. that, I'm, applies I'm to, that applies to everything um i'm a shareholder i'll take that just this just in <laughs> apple has bought this show <laughs> uh, we all now are working for the editorial team they will uh, be making it better because <laughs> along, with everybody, along with everybody that dan and i know yeah. well quite <laughs> yeah i didn't work for macworld so i'm i'm not on the shortlist sadly uh yeah there we are a dwindling breed yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, well, in the GPU department, Apple, they they broke up with their GPU provider last year, Imagination, yeah. um, which then basically, I, I believe, ended up selling itself off because <laughs> they didn't have any business yeah. anymore. That must be hard. Yeah. And <laughs> then you... they had this, uh, they had that wacky deal a couple months ago with, um, with Dialog in the UK, the power management chip making program mm, yeah. where they basically like hired away several hundred of their employees to work on power management stuff and made this whole like complicated deal. So like, I agree with you, James, like, you know, Apple's tendency is always bending towards bringing more and more of its stuff in house. And so when you end up with this weird set of outliers, where like, yeah, well, all this stuff runs on our own custom design silicone, except for the Mac and this little pen over here. It's like, why <laughs> wouldn't you ditch that? I don't know what the contract deals with Intel look like or anything like that, but you know, yeah. why wouldn't you move away from it? Yeah. And, and you can't really, uh, see them saying oh and we're going to make a custom uh x86 processors yeah um, right well why no. what's the advantage i mean right yeah the only I mean, remaining the only advantage is is windows compatibility probably and there's even there probably is a windows there is a windows release that runs on arm right yeah or but was. i don't think that's available to like uh consumers gotcha. to purchase okay. um but you know, and and also I think the games stuff, but you know, as we've just said, uh, Apple's games performance is why would you typically terrible? Yeah, so. why would you? Why would you like? Why would you anchor your market to that when the the market for that is so small on the Mac? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I 
I think the the other thing that you know, if we're talking like there's the marzipan stuff, which is unclear if that's got any link to the sort of processor mm. change, but there's this sort of weird you know convergence happening on all fronts uh so we might find out more stuff next year from the software side which might inform what the hardware side is going to look like and what what's your sense for in terms of like how much heads up would developers need if they decided hey we're gonna start shipping arm so so last time this happened there was like there was the uh developer transition kit that developers could get and you basically got uh a PC stuffed into uh, uh, a G5 tower case, right? Uh, which I used to play Half Life Two. But... <laughs> it's very, very dedicated to the cause. <laughs> Actually, no, I did do my porting work, and then I uh, used it to play Half Life Two. <laughs> but the that was a big thing, and then. You could actually you could hand you had to hand that back, and we got free uh, Intel iMacs, which was like an amazing deal. Uh, but there were this time, I think we would basically get the right. We've switched processors. Here's a new X code. You have thirty days because <laughs> I, if thirty days, uh, I mean, I think there's a possibility they would give a heads up at WWDC for stuff shipping later that year, but. I mean, things these days are not as tied to the processor as they once were. I mean, all my core code, you know, all compile across ARM x86 is not a problem. I think for me, it would be a case of, you know, you just press compile and it would it would work out the box. And I think the the more modern code you have, the less work you need to do. Sure, because it makes I it mean, more platform I, independent. And if even... You know, people like Adobe that typically trailed a lot of uh, behind on a lot of this stuff last time around, they've been showing off, you know, oh, we've got the core of Photoshop running on the iPad for right. their touch right. touch based uh, Photoshop stuff. So that implies they've done most of the hard work on, on that side. And w- so one would think that there might be some, I wonder if there's like a marzipan in reverse, basically, you know, Rosetta style, like translation layer that's like i I think yeah i i mean you could you could definitely do that uh to get the x86 stuff running maybe not at full speed but long enough to let people have a like a you know a brief respite if the thing that they need hasn't been recompiled yet yeah and and if for most things it's the same as it was then if you're your all the framework code is running uh natively and then you're just uh emulating the app logic typically that's fine um so yeah i mean if you if i think they would still do that because you wouldn't want the thing starting from no software um but i think the transition would be a lot easier this time around uh and i think they would also rely on developers a lot more or put it another way give developers a lot less notice on it um just say yeah this is what we're doing and either you you move or you're left behind. Well, and this right. is like the longest generation that we've had on like a single processor architecture, right? Like, because even the 68K Motorola stuff back in the day, I mean, that lasted probably until what, the mid 90s, early 90s? I'm trying to remember, 93, 94 was when the first Power C, Power yeah. PC Max came out. Something like that, yeah. So that's pretty close. And then uh, it's less than that's less than a decade. And then we had 90, you know, early 90s to 2006 or so, which is about 10 to 12 years. So we're kind of we're kind of due for yeah. them to yeah. just switch the whole processor <laughs> architecture again. 
Yeah, so I mean, I think the the longer that we hear absolutely nothing about the the Mac Pro, the more it makes me suspicious. But um, yeah, you think we'll there's do you think there's an Apple custom silicon that can rival like a Xeon performance? Like that's I mean that's that's what people are buying the Mac Pro for, right? Is like just unfettered huge performance. You think they would? <sighs> I think start there rather than on like a low, you know, like the MacBook or something like well, that. It, it, I, I mean, I keep, I started this as a joke, but the more I say it, the more I, I <laughs> sort of, that's, that's the same premise for this show. We started exactly. this as a joke, but the more that we did mm-hmm. it, right, but well, I, I can't do, stop. I do think it would make a huge statement if they did that. A sort of, you know, big uh, middle <laughs> finger to, to Intel. Intel. Yep. That's exactly, yeah, really. that's a hell of a statement. And, you know, I, I mean, that's more Steve Jobs Apple than Tim Cook Apple. But uh, <laughs> we've resurrected Steve Jobs just to give a double middle finger to Intel. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like if. But even if you look at it, like say the Mac Pro is coming twenty nineteen, and then twenty twenty is the because there's going to be a, the start of an ARM transition. It's just it's like yeah creative folk buy this thing which is probably gonna you know if you if we look at the pricing current on current stuff the mac pro yeah i'm sure you could crack ten thousand on a configuration easily in oh, whatever yeah. currency you pick and then say oh and yeah we're gonna switch it to uh, arm a year later two years later hmm. mm. yeah that's a good point it's a good point well i guess if you've got a spare ten thousand dollars lying around you can afford to bank <laughs> on that kind of thing but let you know what else you might have lying around that's not $10,000. You might have some old photos and videos lying around. I want to tell you about one of our sponsors today, which can help you with that. These are our good friends at Legacy Box. If you're anything like me, you've got these stacks of old photos actually printed out on like physical media. Really, really wacky. Why would I have those? I want those digitized. I want them saved and preserved someplace that I can easily access them so I don't have to go dig up the photo album next time somebody comes over. Um, so Legacy Box is a service that will take all those old photos, videos, film reels, cassette tapes, anything you've got on sort of that analog media, and will convert it into a digital format for you. With Legacy Box, you can experience the joy and nostalgia of reliving the glory days and ensure that your family history is preserved forever. All you have to do is send in your Legacy Box filled with those old home movies and pictures, and they'll do the rest. They'll professionally digitize all of your moments onto a thumb drive or a digital download or a DVD with personalized updates at every step i got to try out legacy box i filled up a big box with not only some photos from a cross-country trip like uh, 20 years ago but also with some old vhs tapes um and even uh some eight millimeter uh film reels that my parents had taken when i was very very small like stuff that we couldn't watch because like we don't have an eight millimeter film projector <laughs> lying around um and uh, Legacy Box did a great job of scanning all that stuff in. They made it easily available for me to download in, like, really high quality, too. Um, so, like, I have, like, a like a multi-gigabyte scan, all right, of this old 8mm film reel. So, you know, <laughs> you can really get that film grain in there if that's what you're looking for. Uh, and it was super easy to do. Uh, they were really quick turning stuff around. And I got all my originals back safe and sound just in case so I can like archive those all away and and not having to worry about them. So there's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. Visit LegacyBox.com today to get started. Plus, for a limited time, 
They're offering you, our very fine listeners, an exclusive discount. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Rebound to get 40% off your first order or save up to $200 on the largest Legacy Box kit. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Rebound and save 40% today. Get started preserving your past. Our thanks to Legacy Box for sponsoring the Rebound. Should we talk about the MacBook Air a little bit, too? Sure. I'm, an, I'm, an, I'm a big Air fan. I've had one. I realized it is the... I've had two separate MacBook Airs, but, you know, sort of, they're the same form factor. They were just, one was a speed bump of another. Put together, I've owned that form factor of computer longer than any other Mac form factor in my life. Yeah. Why not? It's, it's a great computer. I love it. Really it. Is. I love my 11-inch MacBook Air. Uh, and I'm, I'm already sad about the day when I will have to give it up, but I'm a little heartened by this new MacBook Air that just came out, which seems like Apple finally acknowledging that this was a very, very popular computer. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the fact that they're acknowledging that, but not simplifying their product lineup in any fashion. <laughs> it's, um, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the look of it. Um, I had an Air before this. I've got a uh 2015 16 macbook pro um the 13 inch and before that i had the 13 inch air and when i spec that air up i got it with the i7 is it, wait processor. is it a 2015 or 2016 because there's a big difference between the two uh, right? it's whatever the good one was um so it's 2015 yes <laughs> the older uh, one the vintage yeah yeah, yeah i have I, the 2016 <laughs> yeah what are what are years I, I don't know but yeah no i i had the the prior to the bad keyboard model um, I don't think that's the official name. Uh, <laughs> it's in parentheses. <laughs> but the, yeah, and I MacBook had the air before air, that. Early 2015, parentheses, shitty keyboard. <laughs> I, I, I love the air. I mean, it was the lack of retina screen that was the, the major problem with it. Um, I'm not, I, I mean, I'm, I also like MagSafe and all those kind of things. So I'm sad to see that go. But, you know, it's nice that they've, they've sort of, I wouldn't say, modernized but you know they've brought it in line with all the other hardware um yeah you know that's true yeah. i mean that is the appeal like i agree as a as somebody still using an air today the lack of a retina screen is definitely the biggest uh you know shortcoming i don't miss usb-c slash thunderable three ports because i don't have any peripherals that use them <laughs> um and i like the keyboard on it just fine but the the if i could like just take off the top like part of my laptop and swap on the new top part don't, i would be don't, very happy. don't don't try that is it yeah. is that you saying that won't work is that <laughs> i'm pretty sure that doesn't work <laughs> i think that might void your warranty at least. it definitely will void your i don't warranty. have a warranty on this anymore <laughs> well go for it then. it's four years yeah. old <laughs> then what are you doing on this podcast right now <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean i'm not i haven't seen the benchmarks for for the airs um but that was my one concern with i've it heard was... they're faster than the i mean they're clearly faster i have an i7 as well in my 11 inch um they're certainly faster than some of the configs of the old macbook air but it's only there's only one processor option like, that's kind of an interesting yeah choice because mm. somebody i think gruber may have even pointed out even the macbook currently has multiple processor options but i understand the like tyranny of choice issue right and, and that certainly links into what we were talking before about the arm processors you know at certain point you won't even know, right? They'll just be like, here's our new MacBook with the A14 processor. Yeah. How fast and, is it? I mean, Man, whatever. <laughs> they don't yeah. want to give you any more choices because then you're having to choose between like 13,000 configurations of Apple laptops. Yes. So. 
<laughs> which some of us will miss, but at the same time, <laughs> there is, there's both an upside and a downside to it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you can... Yeah, looking at the different price points, I think it was Gruber again who had the list of, you know, if you spend, you know, $1,100, you can have this, $1,200, $1,300. And it's like, which, you know, laptop do you want for that money? Um, and it would be nicer if it was just, you know, back to the, the product quadrant uh, yeah, days. Yeah. yeah, well, it is a product quadrant. There's four different types of MacBooks you can have. <laughs> I think it's a four-dimensional quadrant. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's an Escher quadrant. Yeah, I don't know. If I were in, I mean, sooner or later, I'll need to replace this Air, and I don't know currently which direction I would go. But, like, now we spent all this time talking about putting ARM processors in. It's like, oh God, maybe I just wait for one that has an ARM processor in it. That, that's kind of how I'm feeling, because I've got the, the <laughs> as we discovered, the 2015 uh, laptop. And I am i don't want to buy one of the new ones yet, because I'm thinking, well, laptops tend to last me sort of six years or so. Um wait get an arm one um and and if i'm wrong which of course i'm not about them going for the the mac pro then yeah the the laptop is a good place for them to start with that stuff well you i mean you're a developer so you would need to get an arm processor sooner rather than later yeah i mean and i think normal people don't need to make that kind of decision you're saying about developers are not normal people. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly I, what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, oh, I do. I do. Um, yeah, no, that's right. And and that typically that would be uh, what I would do. Because uh, my iMac Pro is hopefully going to last me for a long time. Uh, for the You'll never die, iMac Pro. At, the, never. at those prices, I would hope so. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the... the I would need to get something ARM-based because I can't see Apple doing as another developer transition thing um, again. Uh, where they give you, where they yeah. give you that? <laughs> no, that's hardware. not. Yeah. That's not 2018 that's Apple. 2018 Apple ain't giving you shit. Apple well, I mean, yeah. we did. We got we'll that. Charge you one, extra. We got the one dollar Apple TV SDK, which was like the closest thing to those kind of deals <laughs> that it was literally one dollar for for something. But yeah, um, the. We'll we'll see what happens, but yeah, I'm going to hold on to this machine, and I'm hoping to skip uh, all the current Touch Bar Max, and we'll we'll see what we get. There's only one. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 <laughs> I think you, I think that's a pretty easy target to hit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We talked about that a little Which, last week. There's only the yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. There, I mean, there's technically two. There's the 13, the 15, but yeah, just the well, sure. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah that's true. Okay, but. But it's the MacBook. It's all MacBook Pro, um, right? Which just leads me to believe that it's um, it makes me think that it's never going anywhere, and then it's going to get quietly discontinued. But we will see. I'm in that unenviable uh, unenviable position of having updated most of my Apple hardware recently, so I have absolutely no need for any of these. <laughs> <laughs> these fancy new devices yeah. which is always like, I, yeah. I need a i need a new plex i need could use a new plex server thing so like a home so know, spending kind of, four thousand dollars yeah a that's Mac, reasonable on, uh, so i'm gonna spend four thousand yeah. dollars on in max out <laughs> on a mac mini, a mac, yeah. a mac mini. <laughs> so i i was, no, I, would I would get oh, I would, and the one thing we didn't talk about because i would get, probably i would get the base configuration and just i mean i have a like an eight terabyte hard you know usb3 hard drive that i would just attach to it and put all the media on there and you know, so 128 gig um, flash, you know, SSD is fine. The thing that we didn't talk about is that the fact that they went back to making it 
so that you can upgrade the RAM after the fact. Yes, which is yes. Uh, which is amazing with, that with they an, did that. It's 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 really great news. It would be great yeah. if they did the hard drive too. But that's you know it's got a slight, <laughs> you can't get everything. It's <laughs> a slight asterisk too because like from what I can tell, yes, you can do this, but they highly recommend you don't because apparently you have to remove all the cooling stuff first so it's not like as, as cool as well, you old... yeah i mean you're supposed to you shouldn't do it yourself i think is the point right, right? you can you take can. it into like a apparently qualified... they recommend you don't well, but it sounds like they it sounds like it won't void your warranty necessarily if you decide to upgrade the ram yourself but it yeah. is nice that it's not soldered onto the motherboard agreed. yes yeah yeah i mean yeah. We're, we're lauding them for something that they only took away recently but <laughs> um yeah i i i i think yeah, well, the one thing that I was looking at uh, that I nearly bought was the the iPad Pros. And I was sort of, oh, I'd really like that. And I can sort of make a developer case for it in terms of, you know, oh, new rounded screen configuration, be good to have one of those. But what I did in the end was I decided not to spend any money this cycle and get, uh, um, I got one of the bridge keyboards that I oh, think Jason yeah. uses mm. as well. Mm-hmm and yeah i like those keyboards it's really nice and you know i've got the 10.5 inch uh ipad pro so i slapped that on and it's like a tiny little um macbook and i i'm gonna i'm going away on holiday in a bit and i thought i would take that with me uh, as my going away on holiday machine rather than taking a full laptop yeah i well i have a 10.5 inch as well with the smart keyboard cover or whatever and i i really like that for my travel without laptop yeah i i like i like the bridge one because it seems more sturdy in that you could actually you can sit it in your lap and it feels sure yeah like a laptop like a laptop but then i instantly have been reaching for the trackpad on it which isn't there plus at the point where it starts you know getting close enough to being a laptop it's like the same weight as my macbook 11 inch macbook air so i'm like why why didn't i just bring the macbook air Uh, yeah the, the the thought i just had when we were talking about the touch bar stuff is um the one way that they could get rid of the touch bar and still have the touch bar is if they make the whole screen touch capable and just sort of slide the touch bar into the <laughs> bottom of the 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 screen and yeah, that could work. I I still think a touchscreen Mac is is an inevitability uh and I think it would be I think most people would give up their touch bar <laughs> for that pretty easily. Yeah, because that yeah. was the thing whenever I used one of the the laptops with a touch bar I would like reach up from t- touching the touch bar to press buttons on the screen right yeah because and I mean, my brain was just in touching mode using the ipad in laptop mode is always feels to me a little bit like a i mean i'll type a bunch of stuff and then i'll have to like reach up and like do something on the screen i'm like there's nothing wrong with this fundamentally like if i wanted to do this on my laptop there's no reason i couldn't i understand why they've decided not to go in that direction right now but you know linking into our over our overarching theme today about you know, ARM-based Macs, at the point where you start integrating an ARM-based Mac in, maybe you think about putting a touchscreen in as well. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, at, at some point, you know... Well, no, I just, I think you know, this is the other angle of that, which is the, it's the USB-C move on the iPad Pro. Um, mm. To me, strikes me as one of those moves that's like, this is not the whole story, because the only use case they've really given for it Yes, you can charge your iPhone from it. That's great. That strikes me as totally an ancillary benefit to anything else well, they wanted to do. It's the world's it. most expensive power bank. Right. 
But the talking about the attaching an external display to it, fundamentally, you're attaching an external display with no touch capability, but yet you're still working on a touch-based surface, which seems very strange. And I don't yeah. know how many people do that. How many people yeah. really connect their iPad to an external... Maybe it'll be a ton now, but like that seems weird. I know, I'm, yeah, I'm unclear on the use case there, because... You, you still have to look, you know, like if you're, you if you're doing something with a pen, you have to look down. You yeah. can't like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you could, in theory, have a giant touch screen. If Apple is making their own uh, screens that we're talking about, you could make it touch sensitive. But uh, maybe, maybe that's, you know, going to come at some point in the future. But I yeah. don't know. I think I, I, everything we're kind of hoping for this converged future and at that point you know does the software converge and you know what what is a mac what is a computer etc <laughs> well we're getting into some deep thoughts wow. here before yeah. we explore the full philosophical <laughs> like implications of all of this we got a little business to take care of lex is not here this week but you know what he cares so much about how good that you look that he couldn't resist calling in from the boat that he's on to tell us about his favorite made-to-measure menswear company. I'm sorry I'm not there for the entire show, but I, as you know, because I've talked about it on the show many times, own an Indochino suit. Uh, you fill out your measurements uh, through the website. They tell you exactly how to take them, which was very easy. I thought I would never figure it out, and I did. And then they send you the suit. I get compliments on that suit every time I wear it. In fact, I like my Indochino suit so much, I bought a second one on my own dime. When I wear suits, they are always Indochino suits, because that's how I roll. But I look very, very handsome. I want you to look very, very handsome, too. So, you know, get an Indochino suit. Thanks, Lex. Indochino is North America's leading made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. You can visit a showroom, have a stylist, take your measurements personally, or measure at home yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. Get to choose your fabric, your design customizations like your lapel, your lining, your pockets buttons, all that good stuff. Since November is Black Friday season, you can take advantage of 2018's lowest prices. Get up to 70% off everything and look great while you take center stage for your biggest moments. Just go to Indochino.com, use the code REBOUND to check out to take advantage of Black Friday pricing. That's 70% off the regular price for a made-to-measure suit, plus the shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code REBOUND for up to 70% off. This is an incredible deal for a made-to-measure suit. Once you go custom, you don't go rack. Indochino. Lex, go back to playing shuffleboard or whatever the hell you're doing. I mean, (laughs) why are you wasting your time with us? It seems crazy. Is he on the Titanic? (laughs) God, I I hope not. (laughs) Well, my permanent gig here as host is uh, uh, Friedman, right ahead. Um, <laughs> what is he the iceberg in this metaphor? I guess, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think that's clear. I think that. What are clear. computers? What is Lex? What is Lex? He's an iceberg what when you think Lex? about it. <laughs> Baby, don't hurt me. Um, yeah, I think the USB-C thing is worth like thinking about a little bit more, too, on the iPad side, because it strikes me as a bizarre, like I said, a bizarre choice when it's like, we've, we've changed this to USB-C, so it's like a, you know, a real computer now, and you can, you can plug in a display, and you can charge your iPhone, and that's it. That's all we're letting you do with yeah. this connector. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't plug in a disc. Uh, <laughs> Don't you dare plug in a disc. Now, oh, I think... Part of that could be like if it was true that a lot of stuff got delayed out to the next. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. So we're, you know, if the hardware was on a certain track and it's like, well, we're not going to switch it back to lightning just because those, you know, tardy software guys couldn't ship. So, you know, let's ship this now and next year everything will make sense. But, right. Well, there's a lot of people getting bent out of shape today about all the constant comp- like comparisons of iPads to laptops uh, in all the reviews that came out. And yeah, uh, first of all, I think this whole I'm going to put quotes on the podcast quotes around controversy <laughs> because it's not a controversy, but I enjoy it because I think nobody looks everybody looks kind of dumb in this argument. But, you know, it's it's an iPad. It's fine. It can do computer stuff. Maybe it can't do everything. But, yeah. you know, it can do plenty of things. Most people are going to be totally fine. It could replace I mean, laptop. I mean, it doesn't have to replace as, your laptop. As someone, who's, as someone who's just, like, sitting around writing, I can do all that. Yeah, <laughs> and then occasionally, exactly. you know, I might have to post it into a CMS or something like that. I can do all that on the iPad. Yeah. There, there's it's stuff not that really could, that hard. There's so, stuff that could be done better. But, I mean, there are, yeah, like, sure. using it with a bridge keyboard... I mean, there's definitely like, oh, I can use keyboard shortcuts for, you know, sort of 80% of this stuff. And, oh, I can, you know, command tab and all all these things. And then, oh, well, now I have to reach up and press this button with my finger. And, you know, there's things that, well, it's not that far away from, I could drive it completely from a keyboard and, you know, slap a trackpad on, on the thing as well. And... Then, you know, you're down to, well, it's getting apps, getting more apps on the, on the thing, because... My biggest shortcoming from it still is, I think the multitasking is much improved, but it's still a far cry from multitasking on the Mac. And I think, for yeah. me, that's one of the big missing things here, is there are a lot of times where it's like, I, at least now I can look at two apps side by side and refer to mm-hmm. one while typing something. And, and there were certainly lots of rumors of there being some yeah. kind of multi-window support maybe coming, which would might tie into doing the same thing for sure. Because the, the current system features a feels a little slapdash just in the way it works. It's like it, it feels like a little bit of a um, interim step where they're like, look, it's going to take a really big redo to like get a a more complex multitasking system but here's something that we can do right now that is you know 80 percent of the way there yeah and and for them if they really want people to be using marzipan for making mac grade apps which would be you know nice from my perspective from pcalc um you know, things like multi-window support would be important for that, and but that might also feed back in and uh, for whatever they're planning to do. But yeah, so I guess we're going to find out next June about that stuff. Well, things about to happen. It feels like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like. Uh, well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, that's good. <laughs> it's it's better than the opposite. <laughs> There's nothing. Nothing's happening. Uh, speaking of speaking of things that are not happening, I guess um, the well, I was thinking of this week, the past week, we got the Apple financials, uh, and Apple oh, yeah, announced yeah. that they will no longer release unit uh, sales of the, any mm-hmm. of their products, which is fascinating, not unexpected, because you know Apple doesn't want to have to tell anybody anything more than yeah. it has to. 
Uh, they've already been doing that as they announce new products they've already been doing that with the new ones that they announced yeah yeah and and nobody else in the industry really was giving that level of detail right Right. exactly exactly i mean i can Uh, see why you might be a little put out by it because it was nice to have that information but at the same time it's unreasonable to expect apple to do it when nobody else does it yeah i mean i think it's not as bad for someone like me or you know another tech writer whose focus tends to be more on the products as it is for like those financial analysts who are gonna have a lot harder time well, doing things like you yeah. know figure out asps and the like but That's now you get can, paid so much you can put up uh, lots of articles you know saying well you know estimates say that apple has sold 200 yeah. billion phones yeah uh, right bezos charts for everyone yeah i mean <laughs> i mean like the stock price took a real hit uh, that and the there was a, a story about the xr shipments uh, being cut or, or the which 10R, was, as we which call them. was pushed which was pushed by Nikkei which is the same outfit that was pushing the thing about um iPhone 10 unit sales being cut in half oh, like, yeah, you know, I, earlier I, yeah, this year. I thought that so, was bullshit. I do not trust that rumor at all. No, I don't either. But, you know, the, those two things, the, the stock price took a hit and it's been going back up slowly today. Well, but I think, I mean, I think that most of the hit was basically because their, out, their forecast for the next quarter was not that great. Was not as yeah. good as people were expecting. Well, I mean, anyway, and it so. never is because even though it would be a record quarter, I believe if they hit their even hit their low end, yeah. like it's just not, it's not enough, right? Like the the, yeah, the hungry maw that is the stock market yeah. wants more. <laughs> at some point, you know, the the planet is not growing the population fast enough to keep up with like, <laughs> oh, whatever. Shit, let's not fix that problem, because. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah really oh god there's a dystopian science fiction premise for you where it's like we can't mm-hmm. sell any more phones because there's not enough people so instead what we're going to do is spike the population growth thus destroying so, the entire this, planet well no this is like you know uh uh elon's plan you know to get us all to go to mars just so that we can have more people so mm-hmm. we can you know sell what? more cars to them him first <laughs> <laughs> He's got but, the time now. Yeah, that's right. That's well, right. Yeah, <laughs> make the trip, I, buddy. I I don't know what to take from any of this stuff. I mean, if you look, there, there was a story today. It was like Activision Blizzard stock is down like nearly seven percent after they showed a mobile version of Diablo that you know certain people on the internet didn't like, <laughs> and it, it's just the, like the, this, I mean, what the stock is the market, stock market? The stock market it's, is dumb. It is a yeah, game yeah, for people who don't yeah. like playing video games, but instead want to yes. play like gamble legally. Institutional institutionalized gambling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and you know, I, I you know, full disclosure, I have Apple stock, so I would like Apple stock to go up. And you should, you know, I'm clearly <laughs> a shill for Apple, unlike you proper journalists. <laughs> um, right. But I'm I am taking a journalistic vow of poverty by not exactly. investing in anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that just you know, if you're poor, doesn't that mean you're more easily bought by Apple Payola? Oh yeah. Yeah, totally. If they just show up with that dump truck full of MacBook Airs, first of all, that will yeah. really hurt because nobody needs a dump <laughs> truck full of MacBook Airs poured on them. But then they just offer you a job, so that's right. That's right. Well, I'm sure they pay well. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's probably good healthcare. <laughs> that's something that's come up recently too. Like the number of people who have gone, you know, who used to work in our business, who have gone to work for Apple now, and they should, you know, they're you literally mad. used to work with you. <laughs> they um they've they've made a good move for themselves, and I think that's that's great. But um, it just means that there are fewer people, fewer people out there who are actually good at doing this yeah, stuff, who are actually doing it. It's weird too, right? Because it's like 
Apple is now the biggest company in the world. Technology is a huge facet of everybody's lives. So there are so many more people covering it than there were 10 or 20 years ago, just because so many more mainstream outlets have more tech coverage. There are so many more blogs and stuff, you know, and, and tech sites and the like. So, you know, it's not as though Apple gets any less coverage, but yeah, it does feel like the the smaller we had a small but the community. people the people who fo- really focused solely on that stuff yeah are... it's the to a certain extent it was the people who were focusing on apple you know back when they were doomed um who are now the ones <laughs> right. who are working Help, for apple. We, we saved it and now we get to reap the benefits <laughs> yes <laughs> well i mean in some of that, it that's some long game you except, know. For, except for you and me dan <laughs> yeah that's right that's right we uh we're the we're the the sacrificial <laughs> lambs in this, I think. Well, I mean, you know, we're going down. Speaking of the Titanic, <laughs> <laughs> to be to be fair, you know, this came out of talking about Dan, our friend Dan Frakes, who used to work used to be one of my colleagues at MacWorld, and his was previously working at the Wirecutter, and has now gone to Apple to be the editor of the Mac App Store, which is great for him. Dan knows Mac software really well. He used to write the Mac Gems columns like for Apple, and he was always extremely exacting and very very precise. And that was what made him a great fit for the Wirecutter was that he was like super detail oriented. And even at the Wirecutter, he wasn't solely focusing on Apple stuff. So it's not as though you know some of that is less about people getting snapped mm-hmm. up by Apple than the fact that you know MacWorld exploded four years ago. And- and all those right. people got strewn to the foreign wind. So, right, right, yeah. But I mean, uh, from my perspective, there's lots of developers that I see going to work for Apple as sure. well. You know, sort of indie developers who suddenly, you know, uh, oh, I can't sell my software anymore. Bye bye. And uh, or people who say work on contracts and live in Canada and just you need need a steady gig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now can't go uh, on tech podcasts anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we'll talk to him later. <laughs> yeah, so long as um, I can still do a podcast with some of you people. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we're not uh, probably going anywhere anytime just soon. But keep, <laughs> you say keep that, making money. But... Just keep making your money. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not people. Yeah, it's it's not it's not like it's super lucrative. <laughs> Not so much, <laughs> but well, we, we can trade it for the world. Yeah, we, but the, uh, it's the you know <laughs> we don't make a ton of money, but the hours are terrible, and there's no respect from people on the internet. So really, at all, wait a second. <laughs> hey, Why at least you guys get again? paid. I, I'm just here as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Your calculator makes way more money than this podcast. Let's be clear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cannot can neither also, confirm you get, or deny that. You get paid that. in our gratitude. I don't need you to confirm or deny that with actual hard figures. I know how much this <laughs> podcast makes. <laughs> uh, well, you know, complain to Lex. <laughs> I think I'll go do that. That's what we should do. We yeah. should do that. Yo, John, <laughs> let's go on strike. You're, you're on here doing this podcast. He is on a boat. <laughs> Yeah, that's what right. is this we're telling just, you? We're just supporting his, 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 really his luxurious it that phone habit. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah, we're just working for him, and he's taking all the proceeds and going off on cruises. <laughs> it's that whole surf culture thing, and not S-U-R-F. Uh, <laughs> when he comes back, to, it's just going to be him in a room, alone, recording I need to hang rooms. up so I can flip this table. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the one thing I was going to bring up just to make you feel old, I just read that they're re-bo- rebooting the Shrek movies for a what? new oh generation. God. 
First yep. of oh. all, nobody asked for that. Second of all, I, there is no yeah, second. No nobody kidding. asked for that. Mike Myers still needs, like, you know, he's not living high enough off well, all the residuals. The, the, is... they're, they're talking about, well, it would be nice to get the original voice people in a kind of, if we, they play hardball on we contracts, can't, we we'll can't just replace them. them. Yeah. You, know, you can do your Scottish accent for them. So. Oh, good. Excellent. Um, but yeah, the original Shrek movie is 17 years old, so nobody knows who it, what it is anymore, so they need to reboot it. God. Uh, you know what? And here I was thinking my campaign to erase it from the minds of everybody in existence was going really well. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to reboot Smash Mouth as well, but we'll see. <laughs> you know, somebody once told me. Oh, God. <laughs> now, I have to, now I have to flip the desk twice. <laughs> 